On this week's show, we're going to discuss everything digital marketing with iMarket Solutions. Welcome to Cracking the Code, the show that helps you overcome the challenges you face every day in contracting and keeps you on the cutting edge of emerging trends and best practices. Now, before we get started with today's content, I want to share a quick message from one of our Epic 2020 presenters. Epic 2020 is going to be such a great time, so be sure and get signed up ASAP because, as usual, it will sell out. Go to epic2020event.com and get registered today. So, among other things, at this year's Epic, we're going to have a digital marketing breakout hosted by none other than the legendary G-Man, <laughs> Gary Ellix. Uh, Gary, talk a little bit about what folks will learn at this digital marketing breakout. Yeah, we're going to talk about uh, the best practices. So, uh, a lot of contractors don't necessarily understand the digital mar uh, marketing side of things. Uh, so, we'll start with cost per lead, uh, their dashboard, analytics, uh, where they should allocate their funds, but uh, that's kind of the foundation. Uh, beyond that, we should be talking about video marketing. Uh, that's where the trends are going, how to create the video strategy, uh, social media, integration of social media, you know, how to be more creative, tie in your local cause marketing type concepts, yeah. uh, review management, and just really looking at the whole digital footprint. Uh, one of the things that's changed in the industry is digital is now where you need to be. And so just a lot of contractors were never trained on that. We, we all sort of grew up, you know, for traditional media. Right. And so uh, we really want to give everybody a, a, a full scale look at what they should be doing on the digital footprint. Yeah. Uh, so it'll be an A to Z, uh, everything from the beginning all the way up to the stuff that's uh, pretty creative and things that are going to be in the future. So look And you're conducting that. this breakout personally. Yeah. Yeah. There's uh, a lot of products and services that uh, we'll talk about that are that are very much future oriented. Uh, you know, local services by Google is a good example, you know, how to be best managing that type process. So um, yeah, it's gonna be exciting. We're gonna have about an hour and a half and uh, we're, we're looking forward to it. This week, we're gonna start a series with Gary Ellix and Andrew Allen of iMarket Solutions. Now, I had a chance to interview these guys last week and really dive into the digital aspects of marketing. It was super informative for me, so I hope you enjoy it. Let's tune in now. Hey, folks. Now, listen, on our show today, we have two special guests, two very, very special guests, one Mr. Gary Ellix and one Mr. Andrew Allen from iMarket uh, Digital Marketing, co-founders of the company and digital marketing extraordinaires in plural. I think that's how you say that, extraordinaire in plural. So, gentlemen, so glad you could be here with us today. Thanks for joining us. Nice to be here, Wally. Thanks for having us on. We appreciate the opportunity. Appreciate EGIA having us as part of the platform. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you guys being here. Listen, this digital marketing is kind of a dark, murky place for a lot of us contractors. And, uh, you know, we, we think about marketing in the old days, the direct mail and television and radio and things that we understood because, you know, we could touch them, we could hear them, we could see them. And, you know, you kind of can see the process in placing an ad in the newspaper or you go into the radio station, you record it in the booth and they play it for you on the, you know, on a particular show or whatever. Digital marketing is so much more ambiguous, so much more complex. And so uh, what I wanted to talk about with you guys to kind of get us started is let's talk about kind of the segue, uh, the trend away from the traditional marketing towards the digital marketing platforms and, you know, why you see that trend, why it happened. Uh, and why it's good for business in terms of, you know, the, the, the cost that it takes to generate uh, leads. And you guys can decide which one of the experts 
will comment on each topic because I know you guys both bring a different level of expertise uh, to the industry. Sure, I'll, uh, I'll start with that one uh, and then Andrew, you can jump on in. You know, when the smartphone technologies began to emerge, I mean, you know, you go back in the day, we all had uh, satellite phones and car phones were attached to the cars. And, uh, you know, even today, my kids don't believe that there was a cord attached to a car and that, that, that's how you used your car phone. But the evolution, you know, was uh, as the internet began to emerge uh, and the search engines began to create those algorithms, uh, it was really the smartphone technology and the mobile search that sort of changed the game for us as retailers. Uh, so when you really think about Blackberries, uh, we all have Blackberry and you were cool if you had Blackberry. And then, uh, you know, this guy named Steve Jobs and the rest of the guys uh, over at Apple, they created this smartphone technology and uh, it was able to access the internet and access the search engines in a much different way. And then the apps began to emerge. That really was a uh, convergence of trends, Wally. I mean, that, that's when it all sort of really started to unravel for the, the Blackberries of the world. Uh, and even desktop. So most of the people had a desktop system. They would do searches, you know, in their offices and websites were built uh, on what we call template type systems. Uh, this thing of an Excel table, read the Excel table, you read column A, you read column B, you read column C, and that's how they were designed. Um, the newer versions of the algorithms, as you know, Google was trying to make money, basically selling paid search ads. They were creating systems that were all about giving the answer to your query. So if you wanted to search for air conditioning repair in Colorado Springs, how did you get the best result? So the search engines began to refine that technology, and those templated sites were not good technologies. Uh, so that's really when Andrew and I sort of got together, I'm going to say, We've been in business together in a couple of different entities for uh, num almost since 2002, 2001. But 2008, 2009, you know, um, we were really seeing the emergence of uh, digital and uh, overtaking traditional media. Even in 2008, 2009, traditional media was still been the way to go. I was doing a lot of direct mail, as were you. Uh, we were doing a lot of postcards, a lot of call center marketing, those types of approaches to generate leads. But what happened was uh, people began to start using their phones. I mean, literally you could be, you know, uh, sitting at a, uh, a stop sign and, you know, do a search. And so as people began to use the smartphones and devices, that's when mobile and the design of the websites began to change. So we've gone through several iterations and Andrew can talk a lot more elegantly about the technical side. But in, I'm gonna say 2014, 2015, right in that neighborhood, uh, the sea change really occurred. That's when, you know, it was, it was more mobile, less desktop, uh, artificial intelligence algorithms began appearing, things like Siri and other types of platforms. And so if you weren't a retailer that was in the digital space and you didn't have control of your digital, you were going to lose ground uh, to the, the people that did. Uh, and it made it very easy to come into a marketplace and start and market to a zone uh, without necessarily having to spend a whole pile of traditional marketing money. Uh, and so that's kind of the history. If you look back, I mean, I left off some details, but at the end of the day, you know, where we are now is digital is really driving the bus and traditional media and the rest of the other medias are now important. And uh, so all of them are like children. We love all of them. They're, they're, they all have strengths and weaknesses and, we, and we're going to embrace all of them. But digital is really where it's happening. So, you know, we're spending money on radio campaigns right now in Arizona. 
And all that's driving to a landing page. It's all being tracked through the dashboard system. We see every contact. We see every opportunity that's on the page. We know how long people are on the page. We know what they interface with, with the heat maps. So we can demographically and psychographically know just about everything we need to know about what's going on. Even though we're spending money on the radio, it still ends up being a digital platform. So yeah. Drew, I'm sure you probably have some comments on that. You can probably add some elegance to that. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks, Gary. I mean, you've got that transition, really, it's nailed. It's down pat. And, uh, you know, I, I can understand the attraction. Back in the 90s, when I was helping people get set up in the Yellow Pages, you'd basically meet with your Yellow Page guy once in June. Uh, I usually brought my radio guy and my TV guy. and We had one meeting. They got all the copy. And I didn't have to think about marketing for another year. And that was a wonderful place to be. And then the 2000s started when search engines started and Google and Yahoo, uh, I immediately turned to web development, web marketing. It made perfect sense. I sort of saw, I never envisioned the smartphone, what that was going to do to it. But I really saw, boy, this new medium of finding information and finding businesses. And um, it was the Wild West. We could really sprinkle pixie dust on websites and trick Google into thinking we were the largest HVAC company in Los Angeles when we'd been in business for two days. And uh, so Google quickly realized, hey, you know, we can have the search engine, we can have the system, but we have to make it fair, we have to make it distributed. So they started creating rules and algorithms and artificial intelligence and all those things to make sure that we as marketers and businesses were genuinely producing uh, content and imagery and all the things that go into a digital online presence, uh, creating them, promoting them in a way that would attract users, attract customers, invite customers and searchers into their little piece of real estate online. Uh, and then the website and all the digital uh, brands that are out there, you know, the Yelps and the Google My Business and Yahoo Local, and to represent the customer's brand and say, hey, call me. And that change was significant. Once you add in the mobile that Gary was talking about, where everything's going to the smartphone, instant calls, we record every phone call, we track how the sale went on each, each and every phone call. Like Gary said, we know how long they're on the phone, what page they called. There are so many pieces of information relative to that traditional world where we sort of guessed. You know, we used code words and we used... Uh, uh, names of different people so that we would identify what kind of marketing campaign uh, generated the lead. Nowadays, we know everything. We know what website they came from. We know what phone number they called. Um, there's so much more information now and so many moving parts. Uh, it's a lot easier to know what your marketing dollars are producing in terms of leads, uh, in terms of service leads, in terms of installation leads. All that information is great but it's far more complicated. It is a daily, weekly, monthly uh, uh, grind to continually keep up with all the technology changes, all the content changes, everything that's happening, even at a local market. A local market could get a player that comes in, could throw money, could throw content and really disrupt what is an existing marketplace. It takes longer, it's more difficult, um, Google wants to generate as many dollars as they can from their pay-per-click and their uh, display marketing products. So they actually kind of allow people to buy their way into the marketplace. 
They are very smart about it, though. They charge a lot more money for new players in the market than they do someone who's been consistently giving them money year after year. And so your costs really should go down over time uh, per lead, cost per lead primarily, even though your budgets are probably getting bigger. Interesting. Interesting stuff. So when we talk about, you know, uh, digital marketing, uh, again, that could be, it's a pretty broad term. Can you talk, Andrew, about some of the specifics, you know, the SEO, the SEM, the this, the that, uh, you know, for the common contractor like myself uh, that's trying to understand these various types of digital marketing media? Absolutely. It, it starts first and foremost, foremost with your website. Your web presence is your, your entry into the game. It's the foundation. Um, it's the structure. It's where you're going to drive all of your marketing efforts uh, to this one place, your owned website, where conversion happens, where you give that web visitor every opportunity to communicate, uh, phone, email, form, chat, whatever that customer preferred form of communication, you want to be there with that tool to allow them to communicate with you. And as I was referencing earlier, back in the 2000s, 90% of search engine optimization, you know, your ranking in the organic search uh, was determined by how you built your website, how the website was built, how the meta tags were built, the structure and all those kinds of things would earn you positions in the search engines. Google caught on to that and said, okay, we can't just let that happen. Now we have to have this system where Lots of users have to link to your website in order to get good ranking. And so people started to create fake websites and directories and all these things to trick the search engines. But nowadays, uh, uh, it's only about 15% is how you build the website. So you still have to have it right. Without that 15%, you're going to get no leads. Uh, you're going to get no calls. You're not going to be in the search engines. It's going to be a problem. And so you've got this wonderful foundation this website that you own, it's really truly the only thing on the web, uh, uh, internet marketing that you own, almost everything else is leased uh, when it comes to digital marketing. And you own this thing, it's gotta be created to convert that customer, to feel great, to get your unique selling propositions across in a way that they can understand and easily in the way they want to get in touch. But unfortunately, it doesn't even stop there. Beyond that, every major outlet online creates a page for your business, honestly, whether you want to have it or not, uh, from social media, Pinterest, Instagram, uh, YouTube, uh, Yelp, uh, all those directories and all those places also build a page for you. So now you've got this wonderful foundation built. Now you have to go and find all those other places that your brand has mentioned, make sure it's consistent, the phone numbers are consistent, the address. The pictures are up to date, the imagery, the voicing, the promotions, everything has to be current. You know, you sort of go back to that yellow page, once a year becomes once a day. We're really in websites, online real estate every day to make it all come together. And then when you layer on social media on top of that, it becomes even more complicated in that sense because they don't want you to just sell on social media. They want you to talk to you. They want community. They want cause marketing. They want to know what you're doing as a business in your local area, aside from, you know, homeowner tips and HVAC tips and all those kinds of things. And so 
the, the marriage of creating this foundation, capturing all that lovely real estate out there, and keeping everything up to date, consistent, constant. And then the firm you're working with, the partners that you have, how they're executing. How smart are they developing your content and developing your presence and all those kinds of things. That's where the special sauce will come in. You know, are you ahead of the game or are you using strategies that worked two years ago that no longer work? Are you keeping things up to, up to date? Uh, one of the interesting things that happened last year is page load speed became very important. What contractor cares how to optimize their homepage for loading in 1.2 seconds? But it's what we obsess about every day. Because if you're not loading your page in one or two seconds, Google's going to eventually knock you out of the search engines for a site that is loading in one or two seconds. Wow. So it's a lot more complicated. It's a lot more, uh, uh, let's just say, the nerds are taking over when it comes to all this uh, search stuff and technology stuff. Um, but we still need the contractor to come up with those unique selling propositions, the promotions, sort of the fundamentals of running a business and interacting with customers don't change. We just need to represent that well add our special sauce to keep those leads coming in. Yeah, when you think about it, you know, the, the promotions, the selling propositions, the brand promise, all those things, those are always the same. It's the way you guys distribute that information that has changed so much. It's a great segue into my next question for Gary. You know, Gary, when you start talking about all the intricate and somewhat complex components of a broad-based digital marketing campaign, which includes all the things you guys have been talking about, uh, not exactly an ideal place for a do-it-yourselfer to try to manage, like maybe I did 10, 15 years ago with direct mail or newspaper, trying to manage the stuff that Andrew's talking about. Whole, I mean, you're talking about a team of people and a different, whole different level of expertise. So talk to me about the frustrations that contractors have with trying to manage your stuff and how that kind of led into you guys creating iMarket Solutions. And, you know, you know kind, of, kind of, you know, how was that company born from this need uh, of contractors to have somebody manage all this for them? Yeah, it's a great question, Wally. You know, at the end of the day, a contractor needs to have a digital strategy that takes all of the products that are out in a, a, a product suite. If you just think about HVAC, how many different efficiency ranges we have, depending on where you are, what market you're in. Uh, we've got all kinds of indoor air quality options. And so digital is very similar to that. Uh, but the cornerstone is, you know, we, we know efficiency is a core element of what we do. So when we talk about digital, we're looking for uh, the search engine to be able to find that technology. Basically say somebody wants air conditioning repair, Colorado Springs, boom, peak, you know, home performance is the company that shows up. So the products and the solutions that you choose all work together to make a digital strategy. So Andrew talked about that. The cornerstone of that is the base web technology. It's really a piece of software. Uh, so, you know, to answer the second part of your question, you go back into 2010 when we were sitting around going, hey, you know, my website's terrible. Can you help me? Uh, and Andrew's going, well, yeah, I can help you, but it's going to cost you a really a lot of money for me to do it because I'm a custom guy. Uh, but, you know, so I'm like, well, I need help. I've got to have somebody, you know, I, I've got to have a site. I've got to have the ability to be found. So when he, you know, he did uh, build that with the team and it indexed, it was like, wow, this is really working. Uh, so for us, it was really only the website. I mean, there, the, these other components that we're talking about, such as social media, uh, you know, YouTube didn't exist. 
you know, LinkedIn was really sort of beginning. Uh, you look at other products, you know, uh, TikTok, which is now out there, you know, that, that just happened just recently. So these products are being spawned. We didn't have any of that stuff. It was all about the website. So what happened is as the market evolved, so too did iMarket. I mean, we basically were a company that all we did was SEO, websites, and that was the cornerstone of our DNA. And so then all of a sudden it was social media. And now we've got Facebook and we've got YouTube and we've got a whole bunch of different medias. And then we've got email marketing. Now we're talking about collecting people's emails and what can we do with email marketing? And so now we also have, you know, smart uh, artificial intelligence bots that we can put on the site, you know, that's part of your technology. So, you know, the chat bot. So the millennials, they really kind of like the idea of fishing for information and getting some research and then reaching out and calling. Uh, and then you start talking about, okay, paid search and then remarketing and then the ability to chase you around on your feeds for your social medias. Uh, the fact that we have this phone, this phone is listening to every single word that we're talking about right now. Uh, our devices are listening to us. Your TVs are listening to you, uh, your echo, all of those tools are grabbing data. It's big data and it's harvesting and it's deciding demographically, what does Wally do when he's in his house? What does Wally do when he's in his car? And so we can send ads to you based on profiles that are created from your social media profile. Uh, it actually should scare you a little bit because what we know about people is uh, on a grand scheme, uh, probably a lot more than most people would be comfortable with if they actually understood it. Uh, but the reality is now we've got uh, iMarket as a company has changed. So now we've got, you know, a social media team. We've got an email marketing team. We've got a paid search team. We've got an SEO team. We've got a website team. We've got a development team. We've got a programming team. We've got all these teams that all have to work together to innovate. So we're really at the apex of the digital strategy right now. That's why the do-it-yourselfer is in trouble. That doesn't mean you can't be smart at paid search. There's plenty of guys out there. You see them on the Facebook feeds, Wally, uh, the network groups. You know, they say, well, I do my own paid search. I do my own, you know, uh, Google AdWords accounts, and that's fine. Uh, but the reality is, is that most people can't keep up. What Andrew said is exactly right. Um, we've got teams of people that all they do is train, educate, uh, and we as a business force them to get better every day and innovate. And we have a difficult time keeping up with the speed of the change inside of the technologies. Uh, so the likelihood that a do-it-yourselfer is going to be able to keep up, comparatively speaking, uh, is slim and none. Uh, the truth is, is that they can do it, they can survive. Uh, but at the end of the day, the question is, what do you want, Wally? I mean, so what you want is you want a cost per lead that's uh, a good return on your invested capital. So if you're gonna spend X amount of dollars with iMarket, how many calls did you get and were they qualified calls? Uh, so you can do it yourself and put a website out there and somebody can type your name in because they saw your truck or they saw, you know, an advertisement at Church Bulletin and they can find you and that counts. Uh, but if you want people that are actually broadly searching for you or using, a, you know, an algorithm such as, you know, Siri or somebody like Echo, uh, that's only going to happen if you've spent some time and energy building the technology. And so the number of calls is going to be a lot greater with a company like ours or somebody that's a professional. And then the cost per lead is going to go down. So in other words, you, you know, I bill you a fixed amount. And if you get uh, one lead, it's going to be an expensive lead. If you get a hundred leads, it's a lot less. If you get a thousand leads, we don't, we're not charging by the lead. So you win. And so 
the complexity of the digital strategy is why the do-it-yourselfer is not going to survive. And it's only going to go faster and it's only going to innovate and it's only going to get more intense. And uh, as we refine and Google refines and Microsoft advertising refines and those types of things occur, um, they're giving us access to information that you're not going to get as a a do-it-yourselfer. Uh, so we have databases and information systems and software platforms that were part of the vendor relationship that allow us to make intricate decisions about what to do with your site, what to do with your money. And they're communicating with us differently. So um, do you, can you do your own dental work? The answer is yes, you probably could. But do you want to invest the time and energy to be a good dentist for yourself? Or do you want to sell heating and air conditioning? Or do you want to write great books? And so I, I think at the end of the day, uh, our persona is different than the average company in the trade. Um, why we're successful is we're, we're not meant for a small one or two man shop. That's not our, that's not iMarket's core customer. iMarket's core customer is somebody that's a, a mid range business that wants to grow, that has more capabilities uh, and understands the idea that they would like to pay the dentist, you know, to go ahead and do the work as opposed to worrying about trying to clean their own teeth. Uh, I'm not saying it's wrong to do that. You know, you want to clean your own teeth or you want to do your own paid search account. That's great. But that means you're probably not doing other stuff that could be more beneficial from the standpoint of growing your company. So there you go. Yeah, lots to consider. And as Andrew mentioned earlier, it seems like Facebook and Google and uh, the various platforms are changing the rules so often that even if you got it figured out, by the time you got it figured out, you know, your thinking would be pretty much obsolete on that particular issue. So, so then it comes down to the next logical question. Like, okay, I know I got to be involved in digital marketing. I know I got to live in the 21st century. I know I got to compete, but hey, no way I'm going to be able to handle all this stuff. So now I got to choose a digital marketing partner. And uh, of course, for me, that was an easy, easy decision. Cause if I had chosen anybody else, uh, we wouldn't be friends probably. So you might've shot me. So for me, well, it was easy true, well, I would love you no matter what. Hey, by the way, it was a very easy choice when I bought my RV last summer. Because where do you think I went? I went where Marcus Limonis is at Camping World. <laughs> and that's why I went there. And I didn't shop anywhere else. And so I wouldn't have shopped anywhere. Uh, number one, I know you guys do a great job. And number two, there's a high level of trust. And when trust is high, business is pretty easy. Um, but talk about, I'd like to hear from, from you and, and Andrew both on, on now choosing a digital partner. What are the things that the contractors should be considering when they start? Because there's there's a, a lot of choices out there, I'm sure. And, you know, what's, you know, what, what, what would your advice be? And I know you're objective on this. I've heard you tell people before that we're probably not the right agency for you. I've heard you tell people that before. So I know you'll be objective. Talk to us about choosing the right digital agency. Yeah. So on the EGI site, there's actually an article that Andrew wrote, which is a questionnaire and a series of ideas about uh, what I'm going to talk about, which is, hey, how do you choose or vet a good provider? Uh, so I think one of the first questions that you should ask yourself is, uh, you know, what do you want from your vendor relationship? You know, are you somebody that wants your vendor to be a partner in your business and uh, be involved? Or are you somebody as a contractor that, you know, is uh, you know, sort of set it and forget it? Uh, we're not a set it and forget it business. We're, we're deeply involved in the relationship, as you know. We want to know what your goals are. We want to know how many leads you need. We want to know what type of leads, what verticals you're interested in budgets, profitability targets. So that's a different level of expertise because we're in this vertical, but it's also a different level of relationship. So not everybody's comfortable with that. So define what you want from your vendor partnership. I think the second thing that you want to ask yourself is, is 
you know, uh, how do you want your digital brand to evolve? Uh, do you want a company that is going to just build you a website uh, and not necessarily manage it going forward? Because building the technology is the beginning. Uh, it's like building a race car. You get it to the, the starting line. But the race hasn't started yet. The, the, the optimization has to keep going. We have to blog. We have to continue to create links. We have to go find those uh, and build, you know, and organize the citations. We have to put emphasis on the idea that we are going to run a race and that race is an ongoing system, including updating the site, updating the content pages, updating the, uh, the technology as uh, things go on. So the relationship that you asked the question is, hey, what do you guys do? Like, how are you going to build the brand? What, what, you know, three years from now, what should we expect? That's a question that most contractors probably aren't going to ask. And I think the third thing, and uh, we've experienced this with a lot of clients that have come to us from other providers, uh, is the transparency. You know, how, how transparent, what kind of information makes you feel comfortable to create that trust? Uh, our whole core value philosophy is about transparency. We, A, we want you to own the site. We want you to own your paid search account, which most companies will not allow. They will own the account. So if you ever leave, you don't get access to all that good data and the juice that you created that you paid for. Uh, so we're confident that uh, we're going to keep you in the business for a long time. Our average client is over seven years at this point on a 10-year-old company. Most of our clients stay with us. Um, so the transparency side is also how are they going to actually report to you? So, you know, having a quality dashboard. Uh, Google Analytics exists and it's free and anybody can put that on any website, but we're building a custom dashboard. And so that's going to take all of your medias and put the data in and give you indications about, all right, where did this lead actually come from? How much did you spend on it? Uh, what's the cost per lead? And most importantly, Wally, the question that really ties back to transparency in the agency is, uh, are they interested in your conversion? So, you know, the arguable point would be that my job is to actually get you the call. Uh, is, to, you know, have your site, your digital platform, you know, uh, make a consumer want to actually call you. The conversion process is what happens actually from the website to the call, the call tracking, uh, the recording systems and those types of things. And so what really separates us from the rest of the, the uh, folks that are in the trade is um, we're in the conversion business. I mean, our entire business philosophy is written around conversion. If you get the call, but it doesn't convert, you're not going to survive very long. So I have a vested interest in every one of my customers being really good at conversion, which is, you know, call taking, it's uh, creating service agreements, you know, managing the email platforms behind the emails, texting, communication, just being aligned that you and I are doing the right things. So when you're interviewing, uh, the last thing I would say is, you know, uh, call the references. You, you should call the actual references. Um, too many people say, well, give me three references. Well, anybody can find three people to say nice things about them. Right. Um, so pretty much I'll give you my whole customer list if you want it, Wally, and uh, you can pick who you want to call. And I would suggest that you get a large number of references and that you reach out and call them and ask them questions like, did they deliver on what they said? You know, uh, do they live their core values? Uh, you know, when you have a problem, how do they handle the problem? Uh, are they communicating with you? Is the data transparent? You know, just going through the process of asking the questions in your view. 
most of the clients that come to us from other providers have had a bad experience and it usually results in poor communication, lack of transparency. Uh, I didn't tell you that you weren't going to own your data. So the minute that you've learned that, it's like, well, wait a minute, I'm paying you for this. I don't get to take that with me, that kind of stuff. So uh, Drew, I know you probably have some thoughts on that. I just, I, at the end of the day, I, I want co uh, contractors to do more homework on this, not less, because it's a huge asset. It's the primary marketing asset going forward. Thanks, Gary. Yeah. Uh, and again, everything you said is spot on, uh, as usual. Um, and I think there's a couple of things, especially early on, uh, again, in the 2000s, early 2000s, um, uh, and actually write this in now, the web development, online marketing as a completely unregulated market. Um, there's nothing. Anyone could throw up a shingle. Everyone's got a 15-year-old cousin who's a whiz at the computer who can bang out a website for you. And all that stuff was true. And so in the early 2000s, um, uh, I was doing retail web development, and we worked with lots and lots of industries. But honestly, I was not great at lots of lots of industries. <laughs> Frankly, I was really good at HVAC, and I was trying to apply it to other things, and it just wasn't working out. So when Gary approached me, the timing was perfect. And so given the day and age that we are now, there is no reason for a contractor not to work with an agency who specializes in contractors. There's no reason to have to go to a firm who's going to have to learn your industry, learn the jargon, learn the metrics, learn the conversion, learn all that stuff. They, might be, they actually might be really good at web development or design, but without the full package from design development, brand management online, which is very different from, from building a website, it's managing that brand online, and then measuring. So many customers, uh, so many customers we run into who have agencies who really don't have any interest in measuring the outcome. They're like, hey, we did all this for you. It's your job to measure the outcome. And without those metrics, without that transparency, it's really hard to justify spending more, spending less, without the numbers to help you make those decisions. So when talking to that agency originally, yes, get examples of their work. Yes, talk to the people that, um, um, that they give you on their list. But find out, go to their websites. Are they talking in language that a contractor would understand? You know, are, do they have promotions? Are they having effective calls to action? You can look at all those things. Um, uh, but also focus on people who know uh, uh, the industry well. And then the second piece, and I've been recommending this a lot recently, find a web development firm or an agency or a consultant who you're not going to hire and just hire them to help you through the contract process. Help them vet your contract. Help them make sure you're getting everything you're looking for. Uh, definitely start with the EGIA videos because there's great content in there telling you how to vet them more directly, what questions to ask. But be comfortable that they're going to they're gonna do a good job for you by bringing in some technical expertise to help you vet the questions, and vet the answers, and vet that agency. We had an agency recently recommend hundreds of thousands of dollars in spend and said, ah, we'll figure out how to measure it later. You know, run for the hills. You know, if they don't have a comprehensive measurement reporting system in place, uh, run for the hills because they're only going to be going on gut feel. They're not going to be using data. And eventually you're going to be sorry uh, about that whole process. Yeah, for sure. Find the right partner. And, and, and you mentioned that's a great segue into the next topic I want to talk about, Andrew. And and that is the measurement itself. And Gary had mentioned this, you know, a contractor, 
needs to determine what level of involvement they want to have, you know, with the, with this whole thing. And uh, and by the way, as an aside, both of you mentioned, uh, you know, the expertise you guys had in the HVAC industry, and I think that's really important. Just in having conversations, when I'm talking to you, to uh, Jordan, for example, that we talked on a weekly basis, well, she knows the difference between a service call and a selling technician and uh, a maintenance technician. She knows the difference in those terms, right? So we're having those conversations about, well, we want to shift more of the budget towards replacement uh, leads. She knows what that means over service calls. I think that's really important uh, that, that your, your team, because you guys specialize in this industry, but that measurement overall, one of the things that I'm really, uh, really enjoying and working with your company, and this is a free plug, I guess, uh, you know, we started from scratch less than a year ago, and Gary was very upfront. He goes, hey, your lead cost is going to be high at first because, you know, you, you're going to have to put a lot of money to get visibility. Over time, it gets better. And over time, we have seen it get better over the course of the year. But it's very easy for me when I go in my dashboard, there's two buttons really I pay attention to. There's my search engine optimization, my organic stuff, and then there's my pay-per-click, my search engine marketing. And I click on there, I see exactly how much what I've spent in the last seven days, last 30 days, whatever time period I want. It tells me exactly how many calls have come in and exactly how many have been converted to leads, uh, whether it's a sales lead or, or a service call. The beautiful part about it, it's been such an educational tool for us because when we see that conversion rate being low, then I click another button and I can listen to every call that we didn't book. And you talk about a, you talk about a reality check. You talk about a wake up moment when you think one thing's happening inside your company and you just assume that certain things are happening and you go and you see, wow, I spent a bucket load of money for this many phone calls and I only converted 10%, you know, only 10% converted. What happened? And you start listening to the other 90% and you will lose sleep at night. So the benefit <laughs> is way beyond the obvious benefits of online leads, digital leads. It's, it's what you learn about your company when you get behind the curtain and see how the sausage is made. And sometimes it ain't pretty. So Gary, if you would touch on the importance of, uh, of measuring the lead costs, measuring the activity and why you guys have simplified, I guess that goes without saying, but why you simplified the process for the contractor. I go on a dashboard. It's all right there for me. I don't have to do a calculator. I don't have to do anything. I look at it. Here's what you spent. Here's how many calls you got. Here's how many you booked. And the numbers don't lie. There's nowhere to hide. Yeah, it's, uh, it comes down to our core philosophy of uh, who we are as a business. So uh, our, our purpose in our company, in iMarket, is we are dedicated to the contractor's success. So because we're dedicated to your success, we have to measure it. If, if we're not going to measure it, we're not going to be able to give any insights uh, to you. Uh, about the discussions that you're having, you know, maybe there needs to be uh, improvement in the, uh, the call taking, uh, or the opposite is true as well, Wally. So we look at those metrics and when we have an account review, we look at that and say, are we meeting the standards that we think we need to meet for peak? And so we're equally as hard on ourselves about, hey, uh, our whole purpose is to be focus on your success. We want you to maintain a customer relationship with us for life. We're not gonna do that if the numbers aren't very good for you. Eventually you're gonna look at that and say, hey, these numbers are terrible, I'm not getting the results. So the dashboard system is about accountability. 
And uh, accountability is, again, it's one of our cornerstone cultural issues. Uh, we want to be accountable for you, for Jordan to know what she's doing. We want to be accountable for the numbers when you spend money with us that we're producing results. Uh, and we want you to be accountable to yourself, uh, you know, if those calls coming in. Um, I was laughing at uh, your comment about, hey, you know, some of those calls coming in. Literally, uh, we moved our building and had paid for, uh, you know, uh, calls on paid search and forgot to turn off the paid search. And we had 18 calls come in that were legitimate leads where nobody answered the phone, Wally. So, I mean, you know, it was, it was one of those aha moments. It's like, well, how could I possibly be that stupid to, to be spending money on a paid search, not pausing that while we were basically taking a day off and moving? Uh, and so, you know, that, that's accountability, you know, so when you look at that, who's at fault? Well, I'm at fault, you know. Uh, so the transparency and the data in the dashboard is all about having us uh, be aligned on our communication. What are your goals? How do we get better? What can we do to help you in terms of conversion? And we want that across all the medias. So that could be email marketing, social media, chat, organic, paid search, remarketing, any social media type ads, whatever campaigns we're running, doesn't matter what it is, even traditional. Well, you're gonna love the next generation sexy dashboard. So Andrew's gonna smile because he's driving this project. But uh, we're gonna launch this at uh, Epic. Uh, it's the next generation dashboard. And so what uh, I asked everybody to do was don't give me don't give me the next generation dashboard that everybody expects. Give me the next generation dashboard that is the Ferrari that no one else can compete with, that gives Wally everything he needs to know about every media, everything that happens in his business on every metric. He can click it and get there and it's simple, it's easy, it's friendly, it's user friendly. So if you think the current version is useful and user friendly, I think you're gonna love the version that you see next. Uh, because we've been working on this for a long time. And it's all about accountability. It's all about setting up goals, setting up the number of calls, looking at every single media, every dollar that's spent, and us being accountable to you as a customer for getting you where you want to go. So. Yeah. You know, you know Gary, uh, it's, it's interesting that, that a guy in your position, uh, an expert on the digital marketing and the HVAC business, would leave your, your paid search going while your phones are disconnected, but I just want to say that I've actually heard CSRs that you're better off with nobody talking to them than, than some CSRs. I'm just saying. That might have been business somehow. I don't know. So, so Andrew, as the chief technology officer for iMarket, as the guy that's kind of keeping his ear to the railroad, you know, about what's coming down the track next. Um, and I'm very excited about this new dashboard. It sounds very interesting. And uh, anytime Gary Alex uses the word sexy, I have to smile because, of course, it's Gary Alex. Why would it be sexy? Um, but talk to us uh, from a digital marketing technology expert. I want to have a little more insight uh, for our contractors to understand the importance of this measurement, right? To really understand why it's important and, 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 and what do those analytics do? Like, like, how do they help me? And I can tell you specifically after you comment, I'll tell you about a conversation I had with your people just a week or so ago and how it helped us. Uh, but I'd like to hear from you from, you know, a technology, you know, expert, 20,000 per foot perspective, the importance of the measurement. Absolutely. It's a great, it's a great question, Wally. And a lot of it actually, it's not even technology. It's, it's how you measure and what you count. Um, 
a few years ago, Gary uh, instituted a, uh, an innovation process where we're really looking at the market and our competitors and finding out uh, what everyone else was doing. And one of the things that we learned is that the way we measured leads, again, with transparency in mind, um, were very different than the way that other uh, agencies were, were considering leads. We actually had one agency that considered a visit to the website to be a lead. So when you're comparing cost per lead, their cost per lead was, you know, $7 because they were counting any visit as a potential lead, even though a website didn't actually get a chance to do its job uh, uh, quite yet to make that person make, pick up the phone and make that call. And so uh, uh, technology speaking behind the scenes, it, it's how you build the website. Um, it's making sure that uh, uh, a lot of companies want to have, for example, one form on their website. They don't want multiple forms. Well, without multiple forms, it's hard to measure which ones came in for installation, which ones came in for service, which ones responded to a specific promotion. So that micro data, those micro measurements, it, it takes more work, takes more effort, takes more energy, it takes more coordination. But you, you add a little bit of code, you build the appropriate reporting dashboard, and you can start narrowing in and targeting and bring that cost per lead. You know, you're at $75 cost per lead. How do we get it to 64 and increase volume? And that's what our team is doing on a constant basis by starting to micromeasure um, the calls to action. Does book, book a service call work? as a, a piece of data to attract someone to pick up the phone or does schedule now work better? So we're constantly running tests to find out which set of keywords and which calls to actions work. Again, you have to measure it, you have to set up those structures, and this is where the DIYers will never be able, I mean, I shouldn't say never, it's gonna be very difficult to put that kind of technology and energy into measuring that sort of micro campaign level to find out what's working and what's not. Um, the second thing is telephone tracking. You got to track telephone calls, um, and ideally, you're 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 tracking telephone calls by source. Um, that radio campaign that Gary referenced that they're running out in uh, Arizona, we're using a separate domain name that's going to a specialized landing page with its own phone number, its own contact form, and its own keyword. So, anytime someone goes to that page, we know when they went. We know what action they took, and we're able to measure the effectiveness of that campaign, and it's on the radio. It all starts on the radio, but it all feeds into the dashboard as a campaign. And, um, and the second thing is you really need to listen to the calls. You need to read the forms. you, you, you got to make sure that it's gold. I mean, you're getting gold in your inbox, and you've got to be able to treat that with the care that it needs to communicate in a timely fashion, to follow up in a timely fashion. And so that kind of uh, reporting, uh, Gary used the example of the 18 missed phone calls. We actually had someone worse. They said, hey, we, we're gonna open a weekend crew. We really wanna get weekend phone calls. So we set up a paid campaign, we're running weekend phone calls. Out of the first 160 calls, 88 of them were never answered. It just rang and rang and rang. You know, the owner's on the phone on Wednesday going crazy. Our data sucks, our data sucks. We started listening to phone calls and it's at a minute and 10 seconds of the phone ringing. Wow. And yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah, it's a two-part process. We measure, we set up, but you got to answer the phone. Yeah. And the guy's like, look, that's on us. I'm going to fix this, and I'll come back. And we work with them week after week. 
we, we, we toned down the campaign. We got them down to about 20 calls so that they could know they could handle them. And then slowly we've ramped up over time, measuring every step of the way. Does Saturday and Sunday work for this customer? And eventually you learn that it does. You know, and, and you and Gary have both mentioned the word transparency a couple of times. I would also throw out the word there in dealing with your company, uh, integrity. You know, you mentioned there's a lot of different ways to measure a lead, right? Define a lead. And I'm pretty sure, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure Jordan told me that if a call lasts less than 30 seconds, it's not classified as a lead. It doesn't even go in what's considered a lead. It has, there has to be some, you know, some conversation. And that to me is, uh, is the essence of integrity in business because it would be very easy for a lay person like me to say, hey, somebody, they called, it's a lead, right? But you guys have the insight to say, well, if there's a, if there's a conversation. Um, and I would encourage contractors, of course, to contact your company, your agency, and have this conversation with you guys. Uh, you guys both early on, we were talking before the show started, you're talking about the important elements of a digital marketing campaign. Uh, Gary, why don't you kind of get us started on, on, on what exactly you mean by the important elements? Yeah, I love that. Uh, so what we want is we want an overall marketing plan first. So uh, iMarket is going to ask you, Wally, to have an overall marketing plan, which is going to be bigger than just a digital campaign. And then we're going to put the digital side of that inside of your marketing plan. So, hey, what, what's your brand promise? Uh, what does your logo look like? What's the look and feel? Uh, you know, what do you want your customer experience to be? The customer journey? All that stuff is the really big stuff. So we're going to ask a lot of questions in order to fit the digital uh, into your world. Uh, if you don't have one of those, we're going to give you training uh, every year. We're, you're invited to Vegas at the end of the year. Uh, every year we have a three-day camp where we train all of our people on the big stuff. And then that makes the digital platform fit much nicely, or more nicely in. Uh, so the elements for us, you know, are going to be uh, an overall strategy. So it's going to start with a website. Uh, it's going to tie with reputation management, which are going to drive lots of clients, links. Uh, it's going to be the email marketing campaign. It's going to be paid search if that works for you and your organization. Social media, some form of cause marketing platform. Uh, the organization of, you know, how you want uh, your overall uh, strategy for targeting, retargeting uh, those clients that are on your social media uh, platforms. So what we want to do is we want to actually look at that and say, which products fit? Um, so some customers for us, the products don't fit. Uh, it doesn't make a lot of sense. If you've got uh, less than 1,500 solid email addresses in your database, that it's probably not a good product for you to expend any resources on. So we would simply say, hey, that's probably not a good fit, but you should collect those email addresses and build your database because eventually that's going to be a really good opportunity. So we really want to construct a, a overall marketing plan. We want to look at your internal communications, your external communications and media that we're talking about. We want to look at your operational practices. We're talking about answering calls, scripts, vendor relationships, et cetera. And then we want to fit the digital products inside of that portfolio. Um, we're the only company in the industry that can do that because we're the only company in the industry that's got the DNA that came from and is in the contracting space. Uh, so the evolution of that is we, we've learned over time that it's just in your best interest, Wally, for you to have all of those elements discussed up front so that you have a great conversion. So uh, you talk about it in your sales training on a regular basis. 
10 leads, uh, 10 sits, 10 opportunities that you close 40%, uh, isn't nearly as good as eight leads if you close 75%. So it's not necessarily about the leads, it's about what did actually happen with the quality of the lead in the conversion process. So uh, I, I answer that question that digital strategy and the digital products fit only on the basis of what's in the best interest of the client's conversion. Yeah, and, that, and I feel like that's really important because uh, to making sure we're using the right products, it's not just a one-size-fits-all type of thing. Uh, Andrew, any, any comments on that, uh, uh, the components, the, uh, the elements of the, the digital marketing campaign? Yes, no, absolutely. And I think, you know, every customer is different. Every customer is a different place operationally. They're in a different place from a marketing perspective in terms of sophistication. Uh, but at iMarket, we consider every contractor and their business and their specific brand promise and promotion to be what we call a campaign. When that campaign is, hey, we want to do a, you know, 12-year uh, parts and labor warranty promotion, it really needs to touch on all the elements of digital marketing. It needs to be on social media. It needs to be on the website. It needs to be in your paid ads and on your landing pages. And so each time you do a promotion, that web visitor needs to see it everywhere. And then ultimately, and we've learned this the hard way too many times, when they pick up the phone and ask for the special, the CSR sure as heck better know what that promotion is. Far too often, it's, yeah, I've never heard of that. I don't know about that. I'll have to get back to you. And that is a lead-killing sort of moment um, when it comes to promotions. And so um, uh, social media uh, uh, is where a lot of people are. Um, uh, doing web searches is very clear. So getting search engine optimization. Search engine optimization is the long game. You know, you consistently add content week after week, month after month. You adjust your keyword strategies. You invite links in and you sort of build an organic lead volume uh, uh, by slowly drip marketing into SEO over time, monitoring it, measuring it. But that is the long game. It takes months and years, not days and weeks. The efforts days and weeks, the results is over the course of months and years. Um, if you are someone who's new or the lead volume isn't where it is, you can buy your way into the market. You can buy your way into the market with pay-per-click advertising, display advertising, even paid on the social side of things. Those are all opportunities to get out there. The leads are more expensive, cost per lead wise, but if you're growing your business, you need those $200 leads in order to feed the engine of the operations to gain momentum, which unlocks, like Gary said, you gotta be at 1500 emails to make email marketing a cost-effective uh, strategy. And so if you don't have enough leads and you don't have enough SEO volume, you really need to start buying some leads uh, through the pay-per-click model. Um, it doesn't mean you want to be spending money without measuring and money without knowing how many leads you're generating. You still have to have the measurements in place, but uh, the website, SEO, you layer on pay-per-click, you get that lead volume going. Paid, can also, paid social media can also provide in some of those opportunities to get exposure to new people in your community, but we also need your personality. One of the studies that we did recently that Customers, contractors that engage and produce content for us, videos and images and those kinds of things, have 300% more social media engagement from their community because their communities are feeling the owners. 
I could throw a guy in a uniform and run a video and throw it up on the website tomorrow, but they'd much rather have, you know, Wally talking about his local business because you live in Colorado Springs and talking about what it's like to work there and talking about your family. That connection we can put through every single di different digital avenue that we have in order to make you successful. Some of the advanced stuff, we're starting to look at uh, uh, geofencing and geotargeting, targeting people uh, uh, specifically based on where they are with their phones. If you have a showroom, you can definitely attract people who are driving by, invite them in. If there are events that you're sponsoring, you can start targeting the people on their phones. Um, there are lots of advanced things you need to do. We generally speaking don't even pitch those advanced ones until you've got the foundation, the website, the measurement, organic lead flow, wonderful pay-per-click lead flow. Until those things are flowing, the advanced techniques aren't even available to you until you sort of buy in. It's a little bit like a game of poker. You've got to buy in to stay for the long haul and win the big bucks. So a comprehensive strategy with each one of those aspects. Gary mentioned reputation management. Getting reviews is now a big part of what organic results are going to come up for you and your company and how many leads you're going to be generating. So you got to start building reviews. Building reviews isn't exactly a moneymaker in the short term, but it is in the long term. So all those investments, all those coordinations, SEO, pay-per-click, email, social, all combined into creating an overall cost per lead that feeds the business, your specific business with your specific metrics to get whatever you, whatever it is that you define as success. Obviously, 20% pre-tax profit would be a nice one. Right. You know, it's funny because you talk about those reviews and you guys have done a great job for us as a new company, get lots of reviews. And uh, we've been recruiting and doing some marketing for some new service technicians. And I had a, a phone call with one of the guys yesterday. He's up in Denver, about an hour south of Denver. And we were talking, he goes, yeah, he goes, I checked your reviews. You guys have really, really good reviews, right? So, you know, reviews aren't just for customers. They're for prospective employees that are using the reviews. Do I want to go to work here or not? And I happen to know this guy because he worked out at a client's in California before he came to Denver. He's a top producer. And he's the kind of guy that any company would benefit from having as a service technician. And uh, he checked our reviews. And this is a guy I've known for five years, but he checked our reviews because he wants to kind of, you know, wants to understand how we're treating our customers, what our customers are saying. And that was an aspect of reviews I'd never even considered, you know, amazing. Well, gentlemen, I want to thank you so much for joining us this week. This digital marketing thing, it's really a big deal. How wonderful for us at EGIA and just the contracting industry that we have you know, two top-notch experts in this field that understand not just the digital marketing space, but they understand our little HVAC world. And that, my friends, is a powerful combination. So Mr. Gary Alex, Mr. Andrew Allen, thank you so much for joining us for My Market Solutions. We'll see you guys down the road. Until we meet again, my friends, bye-bye for now. Awesome content from Gary and Andrew right there. Now, if you're interested in learning more about iMarket Solutions, you can contact them in a variety of ways. So here's all the information. Well, folks, that's our show for this week. Bye-bye for now.